Hey, it's Graham. Today's Friday, and that means we're releasing our third podcast of the week. On Monday, we released a full interview with one of our past guests, and yesterday was Motivational Thursday, where we selected a clip that hopefully left you feeling positive. Today, we're releasing another fan favorite. This week, Wayne Gretzky. What you're about to listen to is trending this week on our Facebook page. Hope you enjoy. How would you best explain the role your dad played in your life? Well, it was everything. Um, my mom and dad were my, they're the reason that I made the NHL. Um, you know, fathers get most credit for athletes, um, and deservingly so, they get a lot of the credit. But, you know, my mother was probably as, as important or maybe even more important in the sense that she was the foundation of our family and of our household. Um, but my dad always said, um, you know, the good Lord has blessed you for whatever reason, you're getting a great opportunity to get out and see the world and create some good create some great memories and some great thrills in your lifetime. And I'd hate to see you sort of throw it away. I remember uh, the biggest lesson, or one of the biggest lessons I ever learned, was the year I scored the 400 goals. Um, I was a kid that, as soon as hockey season was over, I couldn't wait for baseball and box lacrosse. And basically, I took my equipment and I threw it downstairs at the end of sort of our middle of April and didn't get it back up there until Labor Day. I never skated in the off season, never went to hockey schools. I didn't do any of that. I, I guess they probably call it cross training now, but back in those days, it was just like, all right, I'm gonna do track now, I'm gonna do baseball. And Your so, dream was being a Detroit Tigers player yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved baseball as much or more than I, I even enjoyed the game of hockey. So um, it was about, Oh, three or four days after our season had ended in one of the towns, which was a half hour from our town that we never really played against for whatever reason, they wanted to play an exhibition game. And so the coach came over and he said, you know, we'll, we'll play this game as long as Wayne's going to play. If Wayne doesn't play, you know, we're not going to do the game. And so my dad said, do you want to play? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll play. And we got beat eight to one. Uh, it wasn't a very good game by any means. And uh, we, I remember we got in the car and my dad said, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, what are you going to do? Last game, we lost 8-1. Not a real big deal. And, uh, you know, in a nice way, my dad said to me, you know, you can't be like that. And I remember thinking, what do you mean? He said, you ruined your whole year. I said, how could I ruin my whole year? And he said, for whatever reason, the good Lord has chosen you. And each and every time you play, people want to see what the fuss and what everything is all about. And you can't afford not to be ready to play the best you can play each and every night. And so it was a lesson I learned because as I, obviously as I went on and started playing with the Oilers, I prepared for each and every game um, like it was a Stanley Cup final game, uh, whether it was an exhibition game in the end of September or game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs in, in May. Uh, I know in my heart that I physically and mentally did the best I could to play as good as I could play that night. I think it was when you were with the Oilers, um, if there was an important game coming up, sometimes they would call your dad to try and get him to come to the game because they believed uh, you just played even a little better yeah. when your father was in attendance. <laughs> um, it was always a catch-22 because if I, I, when I would come out for the morning skate, if I saw my dad, obviously I was thrilled he was there. and I did always play a lot better when my dad was in the building, but it was also a sign of, 
okay, uh, geez, they don't think I'm playing well enough <laughs> right now. I better get going. So it was kind of a catch-22. It was a little bit of a kick in the butt also. So in 1991, later on, your father suffers a near-fatal brain aneurysm. Um, how did you find out? Um, we were actually playing that night, and um, as my routine was, it was, you know, I, I ate lunch around 12, 12, 15, and I generally lied down for an hour, an hour and a half. Sometimes I slept, sometimes I didn't, and generally I got up around 3 o'clock and got dressed and went to the arena. Um, what had transpired at that moment was uh, around 1 o'clock I could uh, hear my wife running up the stairs and, um, you know, kind of flew open the door and, you know, for, for people who, who are with around the athletes, they understand that there's sort of an hour and a half period there, everybody's quiet and nobody wakes anybody up because they're getting ready. Uh, but it was obviously pretty quick and loud and running through and she said to you, your dad's in the hospital. And so we got on a plane that day and I missed the game that night and we flew home. Um, and you know, it's an amazing story because, um, you know, my dad worried about everything that transpired in his entire family, his friends, and part of, you know, any kind of uh, uh, injury like that is a lot to do with stress. And for my dad, um, he was, I think, seven days basically in a coma and two or three years in, in a clinic, um, maybe even four years in a clinic. Um, and then the last year uh, when they released him, he was at home and, and used to have to have signs in the house for him to remember where the washroom was and where the kitchen was. Um, and it's an amazing story because if you saw my dad today, you wouldn't even know he had an injury. Um, and, you know, it's probably um, added 20, 25 years to his life because as the case for a lot of people in the 50s and early 60s, a lot of people smoked and it was part of our society. And, you know, he smoked uh, probably a pack of cigarettes a day. Um, since his brain aneurysm, obviously he hasn't had a cigarette and he hasn't smoked. And because of that, he's probably lived 20, 25 years longer. So in life, everything happens for a reason. <clears throat> um, he's one of the most renowned Canadians in Canadian history because, you know, he's good to everybody. And people in Canada understand and realize that he's just got a big heart. And uh, for my dad, uh, his riches are his family and friends. And Money's never been a big issue with my dad. Uh, when he first came out of the operation, uh, he was speaking Ukrainian, yeah. uh, the first language he learned, didn't know how to tie his shoes or open a door, didn't recognize you or any of your siblings. What did that recovery process entail for him? You know, um, once he got through that sort of four-year period and then they started to wean him off of uh, the drugs that he had to take to prevent further, you know, uh, heart attacks or aneurysms. Um, once he sort of started coming off of those, that medication, you could see the energy level and his personality um, start to come back. But the good things, like I said, you know, he, he quit smoking and um, I think he's more at ease. He doesn't worry so much um, about the wins and losses when I was playing or when I was coaching or part of a, a team. Uh, he, he enjoys it when we win, but he doesn't stress like he used to stress over it that, you know, there was games where he would basically leave the arena and kind of go outside because he couldn't watch sometimes because it was so stressful for him.
before you leave, here's a quick shameless plug. Please follow us at Graham Bensinger on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat for tons of new content each week.